0: Pleasant Good Evening Mets fans and welcome back to the Pleasant Good Evening Podcast. My name is Sam Lebowitz, joined as always by the lovely Jack Hendon from new locations this time instead of from Syracuse, New York, and from Haverford, Pennsylvania. I'm back in New Jersey. Jack is back in New York. And we have lots to talk about after a week off. Finals are done. We're back home. It's going to be content, content, content nonstop for the Pleasant Good Evening Podcast. Jack, welcome home.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm very much looking forward to all the content we have, especially with the, uh, you know, the available memes right now. Because this is a this is a meme situation we're in with this roster, which we'll have plenty of time to an opportunity to talk about. I'm sure. How are you?
0: i'm I'm good i'm feeling the effects of some some pollen right now the voice is not hundred percent i think i think it's why it's, it's the pollen i don't know what else it would be so uh lots to talk about today obviously we didn't uh talk to you guys last week but we'll get into it today so let's start with the big storyline with the, the this team it's it's the injuries it's uh it's' The fact that the Mets on the field are not the Mets that we expected to be watching. And the team just finished off a three and six road trip. They got swept last weekend in Tampa Bay. That's when the injury issues really, really came to a head uh, with uh, in that finale going, uh, uh, going down where uh, McNeil and Conforto with hamstring strains. And, and since then they've also lost Tommy Hunter and Taiwan Walker and Kevin Pillar and Pete Alonso. So, I mean, that was kind of the beginning of everything kind of happening but obviously, since, yeah. uh, since the beginning of May, let's break it down here a little bit. J.D. Davis went down on, on May 3rd with a left hand sprain. He's on a rehab assignment in Syracuse, but also kind of dealing with a little neck stiffness. So who knows when he comes back? Two days later, the 5th, Brandon Nimmo goes down with an index finger bone bruise, which we just found out the other day is actually not a bone bruise, but a nerve issue in his finger. So he still cannot swing without pain in his hand. Uh, We got an update on Carlos Carrasco the day after that on May 6th when he was moved to the 60-day DL, so we won't see him until June the latest. He has still not thrown off a mound since then. Jacob deGrom had dealt with his side tightness on May 11th, so he had a nice five-day respite from injuries there. Um, He's expected to pitch this week against the Rockies, hopefully Tuesday. I'll be at that game. Uh, Wednesday the 12th, the following day, Albert Almora crashed into the fence and had a left shoulder contusion. And then the finale against the Rays is when these two injuries happen the following day, Monday, May 17th. Conforto and McNeil both to the 10-day IL with strained hamstrings. Kevin Pillar, uh, facial fractures after getting hit by a Jacob Webb fastball the next day on Tuesday, the 18th. Uh, Wednesday, the 19th, Taiwan Walker also dealing with left side tightness. Friday, the 21st, Tommy Hunter with lower back pain. Pete Alonzo with a right-hand sprain. Going on the injured list, Alonzo's injury stems from a hit-by-pitch on the wrist against the Cardinals way back when the Mets were in St. Louis a couple weeks ago. So pretty much and everyone – partridge in a pear tree, right? It's it's so much. It Like a partridge in a pear tree. It is Everything that has gone wrong or could go wrong for this team injury-wise pretty much has. Um, the only guys on rehab assignment right now are pitchers and J.D. Davis. So we don't know when we're getting – Like, we have no idea when slash if we're getting J.D. back, Nimmo back, McNeil back, Conforto back. Pilar is going to start some light baseball activity tomorrow, today, Monday, um, because he had successful facial surgery uh, to repair the the really bad fractures in his nose. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at, like, similar injury timelines, it, it looks like he'll be able to kind of be back by like mid to late June hopefully
1: yeah and who I mean who knows what's what it's going to look like for him getting back in a box apparently this has happened to him before um man I mean I didn't really catch a whole lot of the weekend series of Miami which I think I'm 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 better off having not seen but I did see the game on Tuesday and that that was really like unlike any injury that I've seen live um I mean we don't have to get into great detail about it just because like SNY reminded us every five minutes the day after with the, you know, the the little friendly shots of Kevin Pillar's, um, you know, post-injury face, post-operation face, and that kind of was uncomfortable. But, like, that was just – I felt awful for Jacob Webb. Um, yeah. Who knows what happens when you're a pitcher that young and, like, you just lose one fastball and, you know – for the next 10 minutes, you're standing there while people are just like cleaning blood off of home plate. It's you know, and Pilar was a great sport about it. And I really hope that he comes back strong because it's you know, it's not something that you want to see ever. That was definitely the most uh I think crushing to see. But every time a player has gotten hurt or been placed on the injured list in recent days, it's it's just like you're just adding more and more weight. And these injuries are wow. Kind of disconcerting. Like I don't necessarily know what's going to happen to Brandon Nimmo. I don't know. We don't know anything about Jeff McNeil. I mean, these injuries with him—they almost sound like. This is sort of an exaggeration, but they reminded me of the 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 prognoses they gave about Jed Lowry's injuries. Like they're very vague about what's wrong. First, it was cramps, and now it's just like a hamstring, maybe, or now it's like left side. It's it's. I guess it's technically a hamstring, but they've been very like you know cryptic about how they even plan on rehabbing him um, it's it's I I'm not expecting these guys back in um in the near future and that's kind of a that's kind of a problem
0: yeah it's it's scary it's bad because the team that they're putting out on the field right now especially on the offensive side is Oh boy. It's bad. It's not good. It's, at, it's not good at this whole hitting thing. And they've, they've won some games this week. They took two out of three in Atlanta and they won the opener against the Marlins on Friday, but Oh boy, they're not putting up runs They're I mean, when they are putting up runs, they're manufacturing runs. So kudos to them for that. But this team has, there's no power up and down this roster. The guys who are like the remaining position players on the roster who are on the opening day in the opening day lineup, you have McCann, and Nito, the two catchers who are you know who've stayed healthy, you have Lindor, who is still not really hitting for power. He's still hitting around the 200 mark, even though he's been better. Yeah. And you have Dom Smith, who has just simply forgotten how to slug. Uh, which it's it's incredibly disconcerting. Dom's getting his base hits. He's driving in runs. He was he's like like nine for his last 16 or something with runners in scoring position, but he still has two home runs he hasn't hit a home run since that home run he hit against chase anderson in the first road series in philadelphia
1: yeah it's, or uh
0: yeah or yeah that was one of the two he hit the other that one was
1: the first one he hit i'm trying to remember the other one um but it's been a second i think that i think the fact that he's actually getting hits and like picking his average backup is encouraging of a you know for a beginning because it means he's getting back into the feel of actually like making good contact with the ball but in terms of making like good contact with the ball that hasn't really come yet. I think Lindor hitting better now is uh, a really good sign. It's very encouraging. He's not gonna hit 200 the whole year. Um, This was a time that the Mets really needed him to start hitting and he has. I mean, really, when you think about it, right now you um, you have Lindor, who some days gets like two or three hits, some days doesn't get any. You have Dom who can get hits, I guess, with guys in scoring position, but that's the catch all because the only other players that I remotely trust to get on base right now are Tomas Nito, um, who's been great, and Jonathan Biarr, who has not been great. And then it's like Janeshvi Fargas, who I really, really like, but everything else is just completely irredeemably bad. Like Jose Peraza is not somebody who should be playing every day. And I understand the situation is what it is, and you can't change it, and he's the best option you have left, but it's not a good option. Cameron Maven should not be hitting up in the order anymore.
0: Yeah, you're like I haven't. We didn't even mention the the guys that got kind of banged up and didn't even wind up on the injured list. Like Jose Peraza got hit by a pitch on on Friday and was like couldn't play on Saturday because he had a left calf contusion or something like that. Jordan Yamamoto started for the Mets today and left after four innings or five innings or whatever. I think it was four innings with uh he had yeah. some neck tightness, uh so. Or shoulder tightness, or I I can't even keep track anymore. There's so many injuries going on. I, it's like an
1: operation board.
0: Yeah, and you go down the depth chart. It's like, okay, we have at second base, McNeil's our guy. Uh, okay, he's hurt. All right, cool. Peraza, sure. Oh, he's kind of banged up. Well, we would play Jake Hager, but we DFA'd him for some reason. So we're gonna bring up Wilfredo Tovar. So we're we're down to our fourth. Even fifth, if you count Robinson Cano, uh, fifth guy on the death chart at second base, which is ludicrous for May. It's still May, and we're going. We're Wilfredo Tovar is getting playing time second base on a team that's in first place. That's the other thing is the team is in first
1: place. That's the takeaway here is that this division is a sham and should be broken up like. The fact that the Mets won that game against the Marlins on Friday, I mean, I went back and watched some of that. That was like, someone referred to it as a dogfight. That was not a dogfight. That was a fight between two elderly people, like senior citizens. Like they did not make contact with any baseballs. They didn't make their plays. It was atrocious. It was a terrible game. It was basically a war of attrition that lasted 12 innings. And in this case, it's like, it's like watching two senior citizens fight while you're getting your teeth pulled because you're watching the Mets and you're watching Aaron loop come in with a three run lead and give up two runs. And that's the other thing. Like I love Aaron loop. I don't say this in the sense of like, he shouldn't have been in that situation. Again, we are in the position we're in because of injuries. However, this also needs to be expected at this point because the the pitchers are getting hurt and the pitchers aren't going deep in games like David Peterson in Atlanta could and go deep in games and right now like if it's the beginning of the year that's fine because you have you know you have gaselman and you have i guess joey lucchese because he looked better on saturday and the team seems to really want to give him a chance but then after that you're basically digging into the same handful of pitchers and we've seen some of these results already because miguel Castro hasn't looked as good as he usually has trevor may hasn't looked as good as he usually has aaron Loop hasn't looked as good as he usually has and they're not going to maintain eras below two but this is also a very trying time and it's not a time that we need pitchers like honestly i think that as bad as the offensive situation is the thing that's most important right now is that you get your innings back you get jacob degron back you get taiwan walker back i mean the fact that they're asking taiwan walker to push six or seven in itself is kind of like it's a little bit stressful because he doesn't he doesn't do that that often but like if, when noah cinder comes back that would be great I wish we get an update on Carlos Carrasco. Um, there's, yeah, th- there's a lot of questions. I think that's what's most important right now, as bad as the offense has been. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a little bit of a long-winded point. But it's 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 been bad baseball, and they're getting away with it, which is good.
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand it personally. The games against the Braves, that was just a, a ridiculous series in which, pretty much until the last pitch of the series when Acuna hit the, uh, the walk-off home run, everything that could have gone well for the Mets on the field in Atlanta, like did besides Pilar getting hit in the face. Yeah. Like every, they were catching every break Yeah. and they won a couple of late and close games. Really. I mean, in game two, especially thanks to Tomas Nito playing hero, yeah. but uh, I mean, he, Nito tried to play hero in game three against the Braves too. He had to go ahead to run bloop single that just proved not to be enough but it's not sustainable uh i mean you look at this team the way that things are going they're about to enter a stretch in which they play a whole lot of games in about the same amount of days i think they have like 16 17 games in 16 days or something like that coming up uh i think there's one off day in the next like three weeks of games or so yeah and it's bad I mean they got a four game set against the Rockies coming up this is a, they gotta wait they gotta win three at least because the rock the Rockies have won two games on the road all year the Rockies have been yeah. unbelievably bad on the road they got to, they got to, if they could sweep the series if there's opportunities to sweep the series they gotta at home against the Rockies especially you got Degrom going on Tuesday uh like you have to have yeah. to take as many games from the series as possible you cannot let these games go away these are the t- these I know understand that the team is not the team right now. But these are the games that you absolutely have to win if you're going to be a competitor. Uh, But besides that, like the way the team has been playing, they are relying on guys who really should be in AAA. They are not hitting for power. This team is is tied for last in Major League Baseball with the Pirates in home runs. They have hit 30 home runs this year combined across the 40 games they've played. It's just not gonna. it's just not gonna cut it in Major League yeah. Baseball in 2021. Got to hit for more power. They hit one three-run home run all year, and it came off the bat of Jose Peraza. You have to hit more. You know, you have to hit more. Got to hit the yeah. power more. Uh, in the pitching side, you got to get more length out of these guys. I understand that you've been relying on like Lucchese and you've been relying like Yamamoto went today and it's kind of a weird situation right now because you don't really, you have like two healthy starters and Stroman and Peterson and like, it's just not, it's not going to work for you. You know, you've been working, you know, you've been relying on these off days to ease the burden of the starting pitching um, so that you don't really have to work in a fifth starter as much. Um, You can skip a spot in the rotation with an off day, whatever, uh, which is great, but now you don't have any off days coming up. You, especially this week, you got four against the Rockies, uh, and that four-game series are, are generally not super easy on pitching staff. So you need length out of DeGrom if you can get it on Tuesday, especially because we don't actually know who's pitching tomorrow yet, I don't think, on on the opening day, on, on Monday. Um, there's no listed probable. As of recording right now, there's no listed probable on, on MLB at-bat. So is that going to be a bullpen day? Who knows? Uh, but the bullpen's kind of taxed right now, and you're seeing, like you said, you're seeing the results with your back-end guys, especially Castro and May and Aaron Loop, who are kind of taking a downturn in terms of effectiveness generally over the last week. I know Trevor got out of that big jam against the Marlins on Friday, which was a cool moment. But Diaz has been fine, but he hasn't gotten into games a ton recently. Uh, he got into that Friday game didn't pitch last night drew smith has been used a bunch gave up the walk-off home run to garrett cooper on saturday uh jerry's family still went really really good which is a, a really pleasant surprise um and then you have the the length guys like sean reed foley still been good but when he came in on saturday he he was getting tattooed and kind of found a groove in it but it took a few batters he was getting hit hard uh at first didn't give up a run though and uh and rob gazellman who pitched today, who's also been really good. They had, they talked about, uh, Gelbs talked about him on the, on the, on the game cast today, on the broadcast today in which, and they said that he, he's kind of, he got away from his arm slot the last couple of years. Cause they were trying to make him more of a strikeout pitcher, trying to get him to throw harder and straighter. And they realized that didn't work. So he's been, he's been working back to his, his old arm slot and it's been working. Cause the sinker has been great. Cause Elmo's been really, really good this year. So, uh, like, you have guys in this bullpen that are very, very taxed, and you're, you're seeing results of it, and then you have guys who haven't really haven't been seeing the results of it, but I think you're going to start too soon, uh, which is scary. Yeah,
1: you can't push it. Yeah, hopefully Tommy Hunter comes back soon. I mean, for one thing, I think he's just hilarious, um, but he also has shown twice now that he can actually work early in games and build up innings if you need to, um, and that's huge. I think that the opener, for the most part, has been managed – decently by by Luis Rojas like I was I was a little bit surprised that the uh the Mets were I think so like open to that idea and 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 sort of managed to implement it pretty fluidly uh Yeah, yeah no
0: it's worked it's worked when they've used it like Tommy Hunter has done it twice now Drew Smith did it uh unfortunately for Drew uh they brought in Joey Lucchesi after him and that didn't work out that was the middle game against the Rays um, however, the looked oddly terrific on Saturday against the Marlins, um, eight strikeouts and in four innings with one hit allowed, no walks. So good for Joey, but yeah, no, the opener has been, it's, it's worked. It's worked. And I could see them using, uh, uh, Reed Foley and that's in that kind of situation at some point. Um, it's, it's worked, but they need the pitchers to get healthy. Like we have Seth Lugo on rehab, which will help the bullpen when he comes back, uh, Noah Cinnergard's on rehab too, but that's gonna that's a little bit more of an elongated process because he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's made one start. Um, he's gonna make another in St. Lucie this week. Um, we we need Carrasco to come back before the All Star break, preferably.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: who knows if that's gonna happen? In the meantime, they need to Grom to come back, and we we also don't really know what's going on with Taiwan Walker. There was a positive report on him today pregame that was basically like he he made a mechanical adjustment at and he thinks that's going to like ease the the tightness that he was feeling but that's not really an answer as to is he going to need a rehab start is he going to come back when the il stint is up is is he going to be another week after the il stint like who who knows so that's it's it's a positive report in that he thinks he found the answer to why he was feeling the tightness but it doesn't it doesn't tell us Is the tightness gone? Is he going to make his, you know, a start when he's eligible to come off the IL?
1: For sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the nice thing is we, you know, we talked so much about how good a job Sandy Alderson and Zach Scott did putting together depth and, 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 you know, applying it where they needed to. And now we kind of get to see what it looks like at work. I mean, what do we be like? What do we think? I almost feel like making like a tier list almost of all these guys because they're not going to be around very long. Some of these players were added to 40 men rosters and they will definitely be DFA when the time comes. Uh, yeah. There, I mean, who do we that's, like? That's the issue run with run? all these.
0: That's one of the issues with these with all these injuries is that there's a like a constant roster crunch because you're using up all the guys on your 40 to replace the injured guys. And then when those guys get injured, you got to bring up guys who are not on the 40, like Jake Hager, like Hildy. Oh man, rest in peace, Trevor Hildenberger, Mets career and then yeah. Giants career. They did uh, him
1: dirty with the Giants. That, that really pissed me off. Cause that yeah, was, that should have been a ceremonious thing. And
0: he was really looking forward. We talked to him a little yeah. bit. He was really looking forward to pitching for the Giants. There was his hometown team and they cut him before he even got into a game. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, these guys like Davey Gruyon who they had claimed earlier this season who had been playing okay for Triple A he he got cut and the Rays picked him up like these guys are getting kind of roster crunched out um, and the guys who are on the roster right now certainly like you could like i assume that when they got to make a 40 man move to bring Carrasco back one of these guys is gone if they make if they go out and make a trade we can talk about that later about Guys, they should target like crappy A outfielders that they could target, like, to make these trades and make forty man moves. I know Zach Scott was talking earlier today, or talking to Jim Duquette earlier today on Sunday here, because uh, du- Duquette was tweeting about it that like, there's been a lot of conversations regarding trades, and that teams are more willing to deal with the Mets even though it's only May, because they understand how many injuries we've had. So, who knows? But like in terms of what you were saying about the, the like tier listing the replace Mets um mm-hmm. I really I really like Fargus I think he's at the top of my tier list he is so much fun yeah he's so yeah. fun
1: he already has a point for B war he's already 12th I'm looking at their like B ref page he's 12th he's top 12 it's the 10th through 12 slots are Hunter Reed Foley and Fargus and they're all at point four, which is yeah Really impressive because Fargus has only been here like like five or six days. And he's, you know, I mean, he's not impressing to the point where you like sit Kevin Pillar for him or you sit, you know, Brandon Nimmo or Dom Smith for him. But does he stick around? I like, I think so. I definitely don't think Khalili is ready. Um, oh,
0: Khalili clearly, clearly should not uh, yeah. be a major leaguer, most likely. Uh, <laughs> at all right.
1: Point,
0: at this point, I know he had the big hit on, on Friday, which was cool. Yeah. But that was also the first time. That he had ever made contact at the major league level. Um, I, I mean, I really hope that you know when uh, when Almora ready to come back and they have you know the uh, an outfield like when it, Pilar and Almora come back relatively quickly. Um, I really hope that Janeshwi doesn't get DFA'd um, because man, he's just he's electric. He is so he's fast. He can pick it out in center. Uh, when he made that diving catch in the ninth inning against uh, Jesus Aguilar, like he was on the ground, like pumping his fist up in the air he, with the triple that he hit. yeah, uh, He uh like, man, he, that triple he hit, he got thrown out trying to stretch it into an inside the park home run. And he got thrown out at home, but he knew he just drove in two runs. And so he was like, again, he got up immediately and was pumped up because he yeah. just had his big hit. So the dude hasn't, I'm looking at his spray chart right now. Uh, he's in the thirteenth percentile in exit velocity, which is bad. He's in the seventy-fourth percentile in sprint speed. I honestly thought it'd be higher, mm-hmm. but he's he's yet to hit a ball like more than three hundred feet to any particular field. Like the furthest ball he's hit in for a hit this year so far, uh, is the triple he hit, and that was like a little duck duck snort down the right field line. Yeah. Um. So he's not. There's no power there. Like he's not gonna hit anything hard really mm-hmm. or he hasn't yet but I think there's a little more raw power than he lets on but um it's just the, the the energy I really enjoy out of out of Fargus the speed and the energy
1: yeah I like him uh I don't think Patrick Mazzica has like a tangible future with this team but I think the cult of personality around him has just been amazing for one thing he looks like like a quarter of the Met roster with like just the, the beard combo. Um, I guess it's just the beard. Right. But it's still like, it's fun. He's having fun. Like being this dude that, um, you know, just kind of comes up and uh, he only has one hit. Like, like I said, there's, there's no real future there, but I don't know. I mean, he's, he's someone that uh, I'd like to just, enjoy watching his at-bats more, if, if that makes sense. I mean, the other options are pretty uninspiring. I mean, really the bottom of the barrel, and I think the first three casualties have to be Maben, uh, Tovar and Drury, who are a combined one for 24, or no, one for 22, with, yeah, 10 strikeouts. That doesn't it's, sound it, right,
0: because – Cause I know, I know Drury had a hit today and, and so did Tovar. So I feel like you got your numbers wrong there, Jack.
1: I'm looking at the numbers on Bref, and they don't update sometimes. So let's add the hit by Drury and the hit by Tovar and say it's across what nine combined at bats. So they would be three, four 31.
0: Give or take I, what we know is that Cameron mabin came up, hit third, his first day as a Met. He's played four games now. He still doesn't have a hit, hasn't looked good. Um, I think he's probably cooked at this point. I think we could do better. I think we could probably pluck some dude out of AAA somewhere that's, you know, has higher upside, is younger, might be controllable. Like I've been banging the gong on Sam Hilliard of the Rockies for a while now. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can play center. He's a left-hand hitter. There's some power there. He's fast. He's not good. But maybe you get him out of Colorado, maybe you get him with a different coach or something like that. And who knows? Maybe he is serviceable for the Mets while Nimo and Conforto are on the shelf. Who knows? Uh so Possibly. go go Zach Scott. Go pick up Sam Hilliard
1: or something. I don't care. The Yankees I just, uh struck gold with talkman, which was a very similar yeah. situation. The Rockies seem to have something there with like a few of their hitters.
0: So yeah, I mean that. there's there's dudes that are out there, right? like uh, Billy McKinney, the Brewers let go. He's been DFA'd, so you can go claim him. Uh, the 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 Mets missed out on Braden Bishop, who the Mariners had DFA'd last week. The Giants picked him up. Like, he's not good, but is he better than Brandon Drury? Probably. Is he better than Cameron Maben? Who knows? Um, There's not a ton out there, but, like, Go pick a triple a roster, find a guy with some major league experience with a little bit of offensive upside who's serviceable and, uh, and see if you can work something out and swing a deal somewhere. Cause I can't imagine that. Like, I don't, I don't think Sam Hilliard would be all that expensive. Like the Rockies aren't using him and he's not, wasn't good at the major league level this year. So.
1: I think the one thing, the one like caveat here, and I guess it's sort of a comfort if you're a Mets fan. Although not really. um, Like every organization in baseball has been uh, like inundated with injuries. And it makes sense, you know, when you think about the the physical toll of what's happened with these players, because they had a shortened season last year in which they were basically extending their off season workouts into April, May, and June, and then got right back into that after like four months, not even like two, two, some of them, three months of baseball, um, obviously that's going to have its effects. I mean, you know, like in the case of Pete Alonzo, the Mets should have had a, a lot more foresight to just take him out when he got hit, hit. Cause he clearly had, like, he was really slumping for a good week or so while this, you know, while he uh, was dealing with the hand injury, like it should have been apparent and they should have done something about it. But like, yeah, I guess. Um,
0: and hand injuries, hand and wrist injuries for hitters are scary. Cause those tend to be those tend to sap your power, because a lot of a lot of people don't realize this power. A lot of power. It's first of all, it's, it comes from the legs, but a lot of power comes from wrist and forearm strength. So if you're dealing with something that's going to make your wrists a little flimsy, or or you know, it hurts to swing with your wrists straight, or something like that, it saps your power. So um, with Davis, Nimo, and now Alonzo, they're all dealing with kind of hand, wrist stuff. So that's kind of scary, um, but. Hopefully when they get healthy, they start hitting for power again.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now it's, you know, who leads the, t- who's obviously Alonzo leads the team in home runs. Do you know who's second in home runs?
0: Yeah. And I don't like that. I know it. It's, it's Jonathan VR. He's got four.
1: Yeah. It's bad. And he's been bad. Like, like I like him in doses, but yeah. on Friday when he got picked off at third base, I wanted him. I wanted the Mets to leave him him in Miami, and that's not the first time that like he's just had a bad at bat or had a bad like ten seconds where like he just didn't look like he knew he was playing baseball. Like it's 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 got to be better. Um, yeah, if, he takes
0: some just god awful at bats sometimes. I mean, he there are some moments where Jonathan VR forgets he's a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he, I mean this, the pickoff at third was just weird. Because yeah. first of all, who the hell picks off the third base? And it's a weird pitcher on the mound, and Adam Simber, and he made like a sidearm throw to third, and like I don't, I don't necessarily blame VR there because it's just maybe it's like the most unexpected thing that can, that could can happen. No, like, but you got to be better than that. You got to you got to be cognizant enough of the possibility. I don't know if, if there's, I don't know if Simber's ever done it before. I don't know if it's in the scouting report that it's something he's done,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you can't get picked off there
1: yeah it's in it, vr's scouting report that he gets picked off a lot and we watched he, it he was a marlin and a blue jay and a brewer and an Oriole. like and yeah he steals a lot of bases he also gets caught stealing a lot like he doesn't really i think the mets probably treat him like more of a speed asset than he really is
0: at this point in his career for sure but i mean and
1: they're treating him more like more of a power asset too and again like they're just extending a player who shouldn't really like be put in that position. I understand that the situation is what it is. And we're very fortunate that the teams this is happening against are teams like the Braves and Marlins because the, like, the Braves look bad. Like we didn't even really like visit that. Like they don't look like a first place team and they haven't had like, I think nearly the, issue, the number of issues that we've had. Like Mike Soroka being hurt sucks. You also have a perfectly healthy Ronald Acuna a perfectly healthy Freddie Freeman, a perfectly healthy Aussie Albies, what's stopping you from, I guess, catching? I guess the catching has been bad, but also, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, we, we've had bad catching before. It, it never came to this. It never got to a point where, like, people were just throwing balls away every which way, and the pitching ever, like, it never. it's never looked the way the Braves pitching has looked this year.
0: I mean, the difference for the Braves is the power hitting. They're capable of, when your starter has a bad outing, they're capable of putting up 11 runs. Like, they have a positive run differential, really only because they put up 20 against the Pirates the other day. But, like, regardless, again, going back to the home run numbers, Ronald Acuna, great player, amazing player, probably a top five offensive player in baseball. He has half as many home runs as the Mets do as a team. If you take Acuna and then you add two random starters from the Braves lineup, let's take, for instance, Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson. You add up their home run numbers. The three players, three players, the three of them combined have more home runs than the Mets as a team. They have the three of them have thirty-two combined. Swanson alone, who is not a power hitter, Dansby Swanson has more He's not homers.
1: A hitter. He's not a hitter.
0: He has more home runs than any player on the Mets roster, injured or otherwise. He has eight. No Met has more than six. No Met besides Pete Alonso has more than four. I, I don't get why this team doesn't hit for power. I don't understand it. it well, feels.
1: I think I know why. Partially. Chili Davis, like, just ruining them the first few months. And Bomb is, like, trying to get them on the on-base diet. But, it like, I don't know, man. I, I, I liked this team when it was hitting bombs. And I'm sure, like, if Conforto comes back soon – like it'll slowly pick back up, but also it's, yeah. Anyway, I kind of interrupted you, but that's, that's a, a lot of it's just a, a terrible hitting approach.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dom Smith should not be 150 at bats into the season and have two homers. He just shouldn't like, I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, like I get they dejuice the balls and they probably went a little overboard there, but why are other teams not having issues hitting home runs? And yet the Mets are like the pirates are just bad the Pirates are putting out a lineup that's worse than what the Mets are putting out these days. So I understand why they're not hitting homers, but I mean, the Mets, I just, they need a, They need a week where Lindor and Dom Smith hit like four homers each in a five or six game span and can just carry the roster for a little bit. They at least need some doubles, yeah. man. Cause they're not even doing that. The slugging in general, the team is just not slugging at all. They need to be doing
1: something.
0: It's a singles hitting roster. That's what they're capable of. They walk and they hit singles. And sometimes they they bunch a few hits together and score a couple runs. Because they're really just, they're not hitting doubles either. Barely. And it's, it's just, it's disconcerting. I feel like I watch other games around the league. And I watch games in which each team hits a pair of homers in a nine inning game. And I'm like, this, this is cool. I like dingers. You know, yeah. not not too many dingers, but I like dingers. And then I watch the Mets. I feel like I'm watching a game from
1: 2004. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it's bad. I wish we had like what the White Sox had, except the Tony LaRusse part. That happened this week too. Uh, like, I, I guess it's not really a Met related thing, but God, your meme Mercedes is such a gift, and and that White Sox team is such a gift, and Tony Larusa is just like. <laughs> what is what is his problem
0: yeah it's it's i i don't understand the uh the mentality there we can talk about i mean like we are allowed to talk non met stuff here uh but like so okay the twins are waving the white flag they're saying we don't care about the rest of this game because you are up a dozen runs so we're putting in a position player because he's fun to watch pitch and he's throwing up 50-mile-an-hour lobs. Jeremy Mercedes falls behind 3-0 and swings 3-0 and hits a nuke. Yeah. A nuke that, you know, when he hits arbitration might help him. That one extra home run, you know, you never know. That yeah. could help him a little bit down the road financially. Um, You know, we're mm-hmm. taught playing the game. It's fun
1: to see, too.
0: You know, there's no clock in baseball. So we're, we're taught growing up when we play this game, there's no clock. You know, the other team can come back. 10 run, 12 run innings are, are very uncommon, but they do happen sometimes. So uh, keep scoring. If you, if you have opportunities to keep scoring, never, never bear down, never give up, never throw away at bats because at the end of the day, even if you're up big or down big, those still affect your batting average and those still affect your stats and all that stuff. And that affects that, you know, reflects you as a player. So Tony Larusa is mad at his own player for doing exactly what he's been taught his entire life for not bearing down and continuing to play hard. And Mm -hmm. I did the twins actually, were the twins actually mad? I mean, I assume so.
1: They threw (laughs) at him and that that's what the problem that I have with the whole situation was it's like the twins, Tyler Duffy threw like a a sinker behind him or something and got thrown from the game right away. And then after the game, Tony LaRue said that, like he understood and stood by what they did. Yeah. I, I remember that happening with the Mets, like I think seven or eight years ago when Terry was manager. And I think it was Jordany Balbaspin who got hit by a pitch because he had pimped a home run down like five runs against the pirates. And because Clint hurdle managed that team, they threw out him. And Terry stood up, you know, Terry defended it. And it was like, dude, like you're the manager. That's your player. He's on your team. And Throwing at other players is wrong. I'm sorry. Like, as, as you can give me a million reasons why it's unfair that you, despite deciding that you wanted to put a position player in there and make a big joke of the whole thing, are going to get offended when someone, like, basically, like, presents a joke of their own because a, a, a hitter taking a 48-mile-per-hour pitch and hitting it dead center out of the park is actually like very hard it's not oh, softball it's, it's, it's not velo either it's extremely hard to time it up and just launch it like that that was impressive um so it's for a the twins, strength yeah for the twins to be pissed about that was stupid because you decided that you were going to make your own spectacle of it and if you don't want a spectacle if you want to go out humbly then you may, you should at least put in a position player who doesn't throw 48 like williams astudio pitching in games is a joke it's not like a it's it's not something where you're doing it to get it over. You're doing it to like entertain the fans because Astudio is like one of those, um, like, like they almost you know he's like a cult hero essentially. He's like yeah. their Alejandro Kirk, where he's like I mean he's like you know, he's like a heavy set dude or whatever, and that's like funny to people. So it's you know, but for La Russa to defend it disgusted me. And, and I I'm, yeah,
0: I almost wonder if the twins were actually mad or if they felt that they had to do something after LaRussa made his post-game comments after the actual home run happened. He pretty much said, "Uh, yeah, we disagree with the fact that he swung there. He'll he'll deal with uh, the repercussions of his actions pretty much. He was like, yeah, he'll be punished for that. Uh, yeah. So I wonder I wonder if Rocco Baldelli, I wonder if the twins were like, yeah, we don't actually care because obviously Astadio was in the game. We don't give a shit. Um, but now that La Russa has said, yeah, he's going to be punished for that. Now we feel like we have to do something because it's, it's, I don't know if they had to, if they thought that, cause like, oh, it's Tony La Russa, this baseball legend who said, yeah, he deserves to be punished for that. So
1: he, baseball person.
0: Yeah. I mean, like if it's a respect thing to La Russa or like what, but I mean, I can't imagine Tyler Duffy was in the bullpen of that game. Watching Astudio pitch and throw 47 mile an hour meatballs. And I can't imagine when, when that home run got hit. I can't I can't for the life of me imagine Tyler Duffy saying, Ah uh, my that really pissed me off, man. I'm gonna th- if I get a chance, I'm gonna
1: yeah, throw like it. let us let us give up. Let let the game end here. It's like, no, this is a game to play. You can't just, I mean, you can't just throw your hands up. And the other thing, too, about it is like, all right, let's say that. Tony LaRussa makes his comment that they'll punish him accordingly uh, and you're the twins. That's no longer your business. The White Sox manager has said at that point, we're gonna handle it. You don't go out of your way to throw it. The other team's player to make a further point. And the fact that LaRussa didn't even pick up on that was like appalling to me. Like he was so supportive of it to the point where he would support another team going out of their way to make this guy's day worse because he did what like everybody over the age of 12 is told to do in a baseball game. Like it's, it's absurd. And I also don't think people listen to Tony La Russa because the amount of people in baseball who respect him uh, is dwindling like every day because the, the sport is changing. I mean, he's, he's bad for the sport. That white Sox team does not like him. They're, they're somehow playing well, but they don't like him. Tim Anderson does not like him. Nope. Lucas Pulido does not like him. Um, these are things that even we understand there's no way the twins were like following a a, a call to action or whatever but I'm I'm extremely disappointed in Rocco because I thought he was cooler than that but maybe, maybe yeah not. maybe he's like a hard
0: yeah I thought Rocco Baldelli was like a cool manager and it turns out he's just another baseball rules traditionalist yeah. who
1: knows who knows it's man. like when you that uh one of your teachers is like cool but they're actually just under 30 and they yeah. actually suck
0: he's not cool he's just young yeah that it was just it's a whole big mess man this, this Larusa hiring if you didn't think it was going to be a mess from the beginning it, it's it happened oh boy i don't know what to tell you because I, I saw this coming a mile away it is just a clash of personalities it is this this old dude with a pair of duis who manage baseball, uh, you know, when when this actual – when the idea of respecting the game was actually, like, prominent. Uh, who yeah. cares now? Yeah. Dudes hit he, dingers. Baseball has – Players in baseball have never been more fun than right now. Yeah. Let them have fun. Yeah. You have a bunch of those fun getting... players on your team. Man.
1: Yeah. I, I I don't know. It's It's shitty. It's – it's unfortunate. I mean it's I guess it's nice to see like I don't know if you listened to Cece Sabathia's comments about yeah, it. I did. Uh, yeah. They were great. I think that it's 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 cool to see players I think like get together and rally behind other players in support of them when things like that happen. I also yeah. like the other thing too especially about especially players is, like, you wanna talk about, Yeah. You want to yeah. talk about unwritten rules. I'm pretty sure you violate an unwritten rule when you retire from managing get inducted into the hall of fame and then decide to come back because you just like you're like like when mike francesa did it it was it was uncomfortable for everyone involved this is major league baseball you should just retire you should just like stay away you know talk about it with someone else manage a a a high school team or like talk to a college team that would want you you're no longer in major league baseball you are immortalized
0: It's also, I mean, yeah, to your point, it's just also incredibly frustrating that when we have these conversations, it is always, and I mean always, in regard to the actions of a young player of color. Yeah. Always. It is so frustrating. We saw, we had these conversations with Jose Fernandez Mm -hmm. when he came up. Because he pimped a homer as a pitcher, which is like Brian McCann was being mad at him and and stuff like that. We've had these conversations. I believe we had these conversations with Carlos Gomez when he was a youngster. We've had these conversations for years with Ronald Acuna. And I think now the league just understands because he's a superstar and he's amazing that he isn't going to change. And we had these conversations with last year with Fernando Tatis.
1: Exactly. It's it's just annoying. And people, you know, people don't, I think they're not conscious of it. But it these, keeps happening over and over again. And you don't pay attention. Had,
0: Yeah. Had these conversations with yeah. Tim Anderson when he had that bat flip, like our bat throw, whatever you want to call it. Like we have these conversations constantly with players who are non white and who happen to be young. Mercedes is a rookie. Yeah. Uh, like, again, he's not white. He's a rookie. He's got darker, he's got like brown skin. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, like make it make Which sense. isn't his first- because
1: you know it's it's like the play art
0: yeah the the white white managers love policing the actions of of young non-white players and i you know i do think it is rooted in racism a little bit oh
1: yeah Um,
0: whether it's intentional racism or not i doubt i mean i don't think tony larousse is going around being racist but who knows he's a little older but i don't want to that's a whole nother can yeah but i think the idea that uh foreign players and black players don't understand the written rules, the unwritten rules, and don't like respect the game as much. I think that is definitely a pervasive thought, especially among the older generation of uh, of baseball lifers, which is just, dis- it's disappointing.
1: You just got to phase it out quicker. That's the thing. You just got to respond to every Tony Larissa with like three Ronald Acuna's, you know, just, just yeah. overwhelm it to the point where you don't hear about it anymore. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm over it.
0: Uh, I'm over. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it was a step backwards for baseball to hire La Russa back in the first place for Jerry Reinsdorf to pretty much make that call all, all on his own. And because it's Reinsdorf who hired him, uh, the White Sox owner, I, I think that Tony Larusa probably right now has, uh, has just about as much job security as any manager in baseball, which is a shame. Um, especially cause that team, I know they just got swept by the Yankees this weekend, but mm. Going into that series, they had the best record in baseball, and it was not because of Tony La Russa. It was, uh, it was they were, it was a uh, because uh, it was. I'm just trying to say I can't think of the word. I'm just trying to say it wasn't. It wasn't because of La Russa. Uh, no.
1: I mean, it's rarely because of managers. I think anyway. Like even with the situation the Mets are in, like you give I guess Luis Rojas some credit because he's putting together um you know he's managing wins out of this group and he's you know preventing like the pitchers from further injuring themselves although that's also a jeremy happy thing but also like you know rojas is used to managing on early rosters anyway like it's not a it's not a huge you know it, it, it's it's not only him i don't know
0: it's, it was despite Larusa. that's the word i was looking for the, yeah. they had the best record despite la Russa. it's been a long couple of weeks folks
1: Very long. <laughs>
0: um Anyways, should we should we remember some guys?
1: I'm down to I'm down to remember some guys. You wanna go first?
0: Sure. Man, this I'm just getting flashbacks to two thousand nine with all these injuries. Mm-hmm. And you know me at this point. We are however many episodes deep into this podcast. We are uh, what is this thirty seven? Yeah. It's you know me at this point. I love remembering guys from two thousand nine. So I'm gonna do it again because I'm gonna remember a guy who got a lot of playing time in two thousand nine because of injuries. So I'm going to remember a guy who uh, I would say fairly similar to a guy that Mets just brought up in Brandon Drury. I'm going to remember Nick Evans.
1: My man, haven't you remembered him already?
0: Have we? done? Oh, man. Did dude, I, this,
1: I? This dude. I this usually dude, check. Okay. This um, dude just remembered Nick Evans again. That's okay. The 2019 has, like, binders full of, of – corner infielders i think i'll okay. go i'll go while i'll go while i let you uh, oh
0: you're right i did remember nick evans
1: ah it's okay to, it's okay to remember him again though i mean he, he's he's it was like know, 30 episodes he, he ago yeah, this was like come up and th- swing it i don't
0: know all right well i apologize and Nick. i apologize but i'm just i was looking up and up and down that roster today i was like man getting Nick Evans vibes out of the guys that are playing. At least Nick Evans had more power than like half these guys. Yeah. Or, he, yeah. He had a lot of, power. well, that's a, that's a, that's a flub on remembering guys, man. We've repeated our first guy remembered, man.
1: So do you get another guy? Or are we letting you go again? I, I, I I'm okay with letting you go again.
0: I think, I think I should just take the L on that one and then really? come back with a strong guy next week.
1: All right. Um, well, I'm remembering another injury year. Um, I'm thinking about 2017, which was a really bad pitcher injury year, uh, and it's also made me think about like, I think how grateful I am for the the depth that they do have right about now, just because, um, you know, they're not they're not uh, they're not dying at this point. We're not calling on like you know lousy guys who get waived by other teams or trading prospects for guys who no one else wants, but. Uh, I'm remembering a guy who we very much uh, enjoy not having to watch anymore, and that was Tommy Malone. Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah, I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, Tommy wow. Malone.
1: I watched him give up like eight runs in a in a first inning once against the Angels. I think Mike yep. Trout like went deep twice off of him.
0: And then, uh, and then he didn't he resurface like last year with the Blue Jays wearing number 69.
1: I think it was the Orioles. He's on the Blue Jays now, though. He's still around. He's like 34. He was good with the Orioles. I'm like, he had a good year. It was only six starts, 29 innings, but he had an ERA like below four and the fifth stood up. So the Braves acquired him. And in three starts of the Braves in nine innings, he allowed 16 earned runs and averaged, uh, how many home runs are we looking at here? Four home runs in nine innings. Oh boy. Um, which is very much akin to what he did with the Mets. He gave up, the average three homers per nine innings in New York, which was not good
0: okay he he is he is with he did wear 69 with the blue jays too this year which is just
1: that's nice
0: good for you man Um but i mean yeah he i remember his uh his first start when he first came up with the nationals he had a home run against the mets he
1: did man he was he was um he was one of those guys who like was uh when oakland like first emerged in like 2012 I think he was one of those pitchers that they were, like, really hinging on. It was, like, him and, like, Brett Anderson. and. Um,
0: which deal did he go other, over? Which, which it was trade did he go to the A's? Oh,
1: mm. It was a trade with the Nationals. They also got Brad Peacock, but I'm forgetting who they gave up. Oh. I'm going to look at it now. All right, it, was you know it? who it was? It was Gio Gonzalez. They sent yes. Gio Gonzalez to the Nationals. Yes,
0: uh, it was too soon to be Sean Doolittle, but yes, absolutely, it was Gio Gonzalez. Because then Gio Gonzalez had that amazing year when he first went to Washington and finished second in the Cy Young voting to R.A. Dickey in 2012. Yes, that's exactly what it was.
1: That's nice. Man, what an episode. This was this was weird because we weren't even talk- talking. I feel like we're not talking about the Mets in this one. Like This is just like the Syracuse Mets. Hopefully this ends soon, man. I did not take my final exams to come back and watch Cameron Ava back clean up. I did not go through economics 302 for this.
0: Yeah, I did not put together an entire portfolio of, uh, of sports communications PR crap to mm. which I got a 97 on. Uh, to uh, nice. um, yeah, thank you to uh, to come back Sick. and watch bad it's
1: baseball.
0: But... Yeah, my grades actually turned out pretty good this semester. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, regardless, um. <laughs> Yeah, we we kind of talked some non-mets this this week. If you guys uh, if you guys enjoyed that, feel free to let us know, and, and and we can work in some more around the league stuff when stuff like that happens. Um, I also I want to apologize to to all of you folks out there who were uh, hoping for a better remembrance s- segment from me this week. Man, I really should have checked the document. We have a little document of guys we've remembered. I've I, I should have checked the document beforehand today. Uh, before I remember Nick yes. Evans,
1: it happens. Uh, it happens to the best of us.
0: Happens, happens to the best of us. But for the Jack, guys Hennon, are not in. Yeah, for Jack Hendon. Yeah. Uh, this has been, this has been a, certainly an episode. Uh, and and we'll see you guys next week. My name is Sam Lowitz, and Mets fans have a pleasant week. <laughs>
1: we <laughs>